This is the Bob McCown Podcast brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Uh, something old and something new. Nothing borrowed, uh, neither blue. Uh, today on the show, uh, Dave and I will talk to Lou Lamorello, the president and general manager of the New York Islanders. And uh, we do try to be a little current uh, every once in a while on this show, Dave. And uh, expectations of Damian Lillard becoming a Toronto Raptor were dashed yesterday in going to Milwaukee. And we will talk to Doug Smith. So he's the old part that you've uh, heard. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just laying some groundwork here. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Well, yeah, the, uh, the you love trade rumors, uh, especially especially when they're wrong. Um, I I don't Doug knows, and we'll ask him how how serious uh, the Raptors were. But everything I I read uh, had uh, all sorts of teams involved in uh, Damian Lillard's future, and I didn't see the Raptors mentioned except in in Toronto. So we'll find out what was right and what was wrong. Well, what was right was what nobody thought, and that's. Uh, Giannis saying, I want him here. And there he is in Milwaukee. Doug Smith in 32 minutes, but first, a young general manager in the National Hockey League, Lou Lamorello of the New York Islanders. This is the McCowan Podcast. Hi, this is Bob McCowan for BetRivers.com. Hey, if you're looking for a sports book or casino app, you should check out the BetRivers Sports and Casino app today. Play all of your favorite casino games for real money anywhere and anytime. Plus, get in the action with each sports game with hundreds of sports betting options. And get ready to feel like a VIP because you'll earn both loyalty level points and bonus store points on every real money wager you make. You must be 19 plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 or speak to an advisor free of charge. BetRivers.com. Welcome back to the McCowan Podcast. Dave Hodge in for Bob this week. And uh, I, I truly mean this with all sincerity. Um. Uh, Lou Lamorello is one of my favorite people in the game of hockey. Uh, for some reason, somehow <laughs> there was a, uh, a a bond that was created with uh, with Lou and myself over, gosh, I guess the last 30 years that there was an old bullshit level that was always allowed, never allowed to happen. And Lou Lamorello uh, always kept his part of the bargain. So, Lou, welcome to the show, and uh, I hope you're well. I am, and thank you. Uh, my pleasure, John, as always. and. Uh... It's great to be with Dave and again, uh, and very kind of you. And I feel the same. We've had many luncheons, uh, maybe didn't agree on everything, but ended up agreeing on everything else. I'm not. I'm not sure. Should I ask you first about the Islanders or the Yankees? Well, you can go where wherever you want because you're going to go there anyway. <laughs> well, it's, the Yankee uh... the the Yankees are 19 and nine in September. I mean, they're they're playing pretty well. Yeah, but uh, unfortunately, you know, they got off track there for a while. You know, you you, you lose a key player like they did uh, in Judge. Uh, but uh, uh, I watched the game uh, the other night, uh, I should say, 
last night with Cole, uh, some some job he's done as far as uh, he personifies to me what uh, an elite player should be both on and off the ice, the way he prepares, takes care of himself. And I hope he, I hope he gets the side. Uh, it was a nice opening, John. I guess that means I'm going to ask the tough questions. Is that that's uh, right? That's right. Today's yeah. the tough questions from Hodge day. <laughs> Is that how you're uh, setting things up? Yes. Um, I, I mean, I, I want to start with an easy one uh, and tell Lou that we've had a series of discussions this week about about the coming NHL season uh, with what I will call passing interest. John, would that be would that be fair? Yeah, I think so. Exhibition season is hard Exhibition with with all with all the other distractions of other professional sports. Yeah. So um, not the same for you, Lou. Uh, what are you watching for as you watch your team, some of your team, uh, beat some of the uh, Philadelphia Flyers two to one last night? What do these games do for you? What do they mean for you? Well, what you try and do is certainly see where, first of all, where your veterans are as far as uh, uh, the shape they're in uh, and also the mental approach that they're taking and because we haven't really seen a lot of them uh, since the summer uh, to me that's first and foremost because they're the uh, foundation of the team and and then without question uh, the younger players uh, because they're in the lineup uh, you try and put them with the veterans try and see what they can and can't do uh, you know and you know when you go into a first exhibition game and for example if you go into Madison Square Garden and how are you, a couple of younger players going to react? Because uh, there's no question, uh, there's butterflies. So basically, it's a combination of both, Dave. It's watching the veterans and watching the young guys. Very simple. And you and you know that uh, uh, the rest of the league looks at the Islanders with the coming season in mind and asks one question, the uh, same question I'll ask you. How do you get more out of this lineup? Because right now, it doesn't look uh all that different well uh first of all uh that's the question that everybody is asking if that's what you're saying uh i'm not worried about that question when you say uh we feel who we are and and what we've got there there are players that certainly didn't have the seasons last year that we anticipated they would and uh, we feel they can and should and certainly in the improvement of the uh, younger players who were in the lineup. Uh, we've got a couple of excellent young players. How much? Uh, how much do you think Lane Lambert learned over that first season behind the bench? And and have you noticed a difference in a coach that now has head coaching experience? Uh, without question, I don't think that uh, there's anyone who doesn't gain experience uh, or confidence. Uh, after their first season. I can remember myself coming in my first season in New Jersey, and then the second season. There's a, there's a comfortability. Uh, you, you know the people. Uh, you know where you're going, uh, even as far as the things outside the rink, where you live, where you're driving, all of the above. Even though Lane was here as an assistant, you still have a different uh, route that you're going. Uh, you're there at different times. So there's a lot of comfortability that comes with the first year. And there's a lot of reflecting you can go and look at during the summer as far as what you liked about yourself, what you liked about different things, and how would you make it better? So there's no question. And I've said this many times. Uh, 
you don't really know what experience is and, until you uh, have the opportunity to get it. One guy you would be quite happy to see repeat everything that he did last season is Brock Nelson by a margin of 16 points, his best season. What what makes him so good and uh, so valuable to your team? Well, he has uh, gotten better each and every year. And, and you said it, he had uh, an exceptional year. Uh, but the way he, he takes care of himself, uh, the way he prepares, uh, he's a consummate pro. Uh, and he has God-given talent. I mean, he's he's built for this game. He's big. Uh, he's an excellent skater. Uh, you know, he has all, all the tools, so to speak. Uh, but what he does is uh, he puts them in uh, together uh, and on a on a constant basis. He's a, he's a real pro. Would you would you think that with your roster is because you look at you look at your forwards. Um, is depth your biggest strength when it comes to what what you have in your in your forward group? There's, I I believe so. I I think that uh, I think that what we have is uh, in our forwards. Uh, we've got uh, four strong centers uh, who play different roles. Uh, actually, uh, right now at this point, we have Mark Barzell at the right wing who could also play center. So our strength is down the middle. And we have to score, uh, you know, as a group uh, to to have success as far as that goes. And I think, you know, my philosophy, it's goal differential. Uh, I'm not worried about uh, how many goals we score. I'm worried about our goal differential. Would, would you prefer Barzell at center? Um, not necessarily. I think that uh, I, I think that he can adapt uh, to where he's at and be. Uh, even more effective, uh, you know, offensively. Um, but uh, only time will tell. I think that uh, he and uh, Bo Horvath have created a, a, a real good chemistry in the brief time that they have together. So we'll have to see how that wears out. But that is the intention uh, at this point. I would uh, I would count Ilya Sorokin as, uh, as a, a strength, one of your biggest strengths. Uh, I know that it was hard to argue with the stats that uh, that Allmark put up because of what Boston did last season. But I thought Sorokin was the best NHL goalie last year. Um, I always I always chuckle um, about a conversation I, I once had with Brian Burke about the general managers voting for the Vezina Trophy uh, and Brian Burke saying, I know nothing about goalies. Um, and a lot of other general managers, uh, was his opinion, uh, don't either. And uh, then he proceeded to lobby for an executive of the year award, which has come to pass and which you have won twice. Uh, congratulations, back to back. Um, and then I said, well, if that ever comes to pass, maybe the goalies could vote for it. <laughs> but um, your comments about about Sorokin, do you want, you want to agree with me that he was the best goalie in the league last year? In my opinion, I uh, agree with you. And uh, uh, was certainly delighted to have him in our island the uniform for the period of time that we have him uh, and he's another consummate pro uh, the way he prepares and gets ready uh, to play and a, and a great human being uh, in fact we're fortunate to have two and he and uh, Volomov uh, they just make a great pair and I'm one who believes in goaltenders uh, and uh, not to be redundant but uh, I believe that's where you start and build out from goaltenders. 
you had to smile. I have to smile because for the longest time when you were across the river in Newark uh, or the Meadowlands, um, you had a goaltender that could play 65, 75 games. And now you probably have the best tandem uh, in the National Hockey League. Has has your philosophy changed because of the game or has your philosophy changed because of the talent you have? Well, I, th I think because of the game, uh, it's changed. I think the scheduling is totally different than it was, John, years ago. Uh, you know, there's more time off, which uh, with reference to breaks, uh, which relates to games being played, uh, you know, more three and out of fives and two out of threes and back to backs. Uh, so I think that you need two goaltenders uh, in this game today. Uh, if you want to go on into the playoffs and you want to go potentially with one goaltender, that's uh, even more important during the season to have him ready physically uh, to go through a playoff series. So I think that, in my opinion, once again, uh, uh, two goaltenders is something that I, I believe we're very fortunate with. And, you know, but you have to certainly have the right ones. Just curious, would, would, would Marty, would Marty have six? I know Marty's a great athlete. Marty's a great goaltender. Would 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 he be frustrated that he couldn't play as much in 2023 as he did in 2003? Oh, I don't think Marty would be frustrated. Uh, I think he would understand. Uh, and I think it would depend upon the uh, load that he was taking with the games. And, and right. you know, today the game has changed a little bit. There it was easier with the style that was played. And we didn't give many shots up those days, John. Uh, you know, there was there's a difference, but I will tell you this, and I've said this often. It's nice going to bed at night knowing who your goaltender is going to be the next night. You would uh, you would agree, I'm sure, that you are part of the NHL's toughest division. Uh, once upon a time, not so long ago, the idea that Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin and their and their teams would miss the playoffs, as happened last season, would would be unthinkable. Uh, but that is what happened last year, and it probably means uh, stiffer competition uh, this season. How do you assess the Metropolitan Division? Well, I agree with you. It's it's a tough division, but it's a great division. I think if you're going to play, you want to play, you know, the best you possibly can. Uh, but the whole league is tough right now. Parity is there. Uh, I simply like to see maybe the scheduling changed. I've been outspoken on it uh, to some degree. Uh, I'd like to see us playing within our division more than we are if we're going to have to, at the end of the year, you know, get into the playoffs according to, you know, mostly because of the standings in our division. So, but, uh, you know, there's eight to get in in the conference. Uh, that's what you have to look at. Uh, but uh, uh, I'd like to see more games in the division. I think it'd be great for the game if we can do that. How many more? Well, I, I, you know, last year, if you, you saw, we played the Rangers three times. Uh, you know, we will be playing them four. Uh, we played the Devils four. But I, I believe we should be playing each other six times, three and three. Well, since you mentioned changes, also earlier in the week, uh, we, uh, we mentioned the absence of any important rule changes this season. That means the league is happy with the way things are. It doesn't necessarily mean uh, that opinion is uh, is unanimous. Would you like to see, uh, apart from the schedule, anything done differently? 
No, I, I think we've got the game uh, where we want it. I think we have to be very careful uh, as to as far as how many changes we make. Um, you know, I know that there's a lot of controversy at different times uh, be on replays, uh, but, you know, you want to get it right. Uh, and there will always be some judgment in the game. Uh, you know, that's normal. What we see it in baseball with balls and strikes. You have to be very careful uh, where you go. Uh, you know, it's still a very difficult game. Uh, it's a great game, and we don't want to make it a mechanical game. So would you would you tweak the offside? I mean, because I mean, I, you're you're in a market that uh, you have, you know, passionate fans. You have big crowds, but you don't want seven or eight minutes of lag time halfway through a game that that removes all the momentum of an exciting hockey game. Would would you tweak anything with the offside rule, for instance, that seems to take more, or or the or the subjectivity of the goalie interference? No, I, I, I can't, don't know what you would tweak on the offside rule, uh, John. They're either on or they're off. Uh, we've, I think, brought it to the point of, you know, where the skate can be. I think we've done the best we can right now. Unless somebody brings forward something that I haven't seen, uh, I, I don't know of a way of making it better uh, at this point with the offside. There remains opposition. Uh, there always will uh, to the shootout. Um, and I think probably the, the, the strongest conversation about what to do differently is to try to uh, lessen the number of shootouts. And one way of doing that is to play more three on three. Um, you want to keep things the way they are, or would you like to see 10 minutes of three on three, shall we say? Well, I, I certainly, you know, if that would, you know, say, take away the shootout, uh, because I'm one who was never a proponent of the shootout, uh, and I thought the suggestion of three-on-three three, uh, was great, and I think it is great. Uh, but I don't know how much more we can extend the games with what we have to do as far as, uh, you know, leaving, playing back-to-backs. Uh, uh, but maybe there is something that can be done. Maybe you can go to seven minutes uh, and try that. Uh, but I'd be for that if, if that was something presented. Could you see the? Would you oppose the uh, the elimination of the shootout? I mean, is there anything wrong with the tie, Lou? Oh, I, you know, I I'm a little traditional, so I I would, you know, accept the tie. Uh, I have no problem with that. Uh, you know, the points would change. Everybody wants to come, you know, with a, a winner. But if it's going to make the game better, uh, you know, the disparity of points uh, is so important. Uh, but it's and I go back to it's still the same for each team. You know, everybody starts off the same and, you know, whatever transpires. And I've been a victim uh, over the years uh, in New Jersey. I had one year where we were awful in shootouts and it cost us X number of points. And another year where we were one of the best in the league and we gained a point. So I've seen, the, you know, after the year that uh, we weren't good, I hated the shootout. After the year that we were good, I loved it. And so... <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it all depends upon how it affects you. That's that's the I was, interest. I was, <laughs> was going to say, I've been in some of those managers' meetings when there's, you know, the, the the discussion seems to go the way your team is not you particularly, but where a a a, a certain manager will say, well, I want to get rid of the fighting. I don't want that fighting, and it just so happens five years from now his team's tougher, 
and then he will support the fighting. It, 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 protecting your own agenda is an important part of being a manager. No question. Uh, you know, I'm sure that, and you were in that room, John. Uh, I wasn't for the uh, the changing of the goalie uh, rule as far as right. uh, the rectangle. So uh, obvious reasons. I, I didn't think it was good, uh, and it hurt us. Uh, but you, you certainly have to stick up for what you think is right, but also for the good of the game. I think that uh, most general managers, in fact, all of them, uh, down deep, it's for the good of the game in what they do, and that's where the majority comes in when you have these type of discussions. You see, I think there is a tie now that the loser of, of a shootout gets a point, and um, I'd wipe that out. I, I, You're a baseball fan, uh, Lou, as we started talking about the Yankees and in baseball you either win or you lose and in basketball you either win or you lose and in football most of the time you can have a tie in the NFL I know but um, uh, I'd love to see the NHL go to wins and losses and forget points and yet I don't find too many others in the league and I'm not sure that you would uh, you would be any different that would support the idea of uh, two points for a win no points for a loss. You 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 like you like uh, having a point once uh, once the third period ends and the game's tied. I have no problem with that. Uh, I have no problem with that. You know, but in saying that, Dave, if uh, if it were best for the game to do that uh, with reference to the two points, uh, I I'd have that because I'm from winning and losing without question. Uh, but as long as the rules are all the same uh, for the good of the game, uh, I'm for it. We've uh, we've touched on the fact that you and I know each other well, and and you spent some time here in Toronto. Um, after all the time you were at in in Providence uh, and in uh, New Jersey, and now in 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 New York State. What, what was Toronto like for you? And looking back, what, what do you think you learned from your time in Toronto? Well, I, I certainly enjoyed Toronto. Um, uh, the, the people were fantastic. Uh, the fans were great. Uh, the organization is, you know, it's, it's a story franchise without question and will always be, and, and rightly so. Uh, and uh, I, you know, and was humbled to place spend the years that I did there. Uh, and, uh, in other words, uh, I have nothing but fond memories and, uh, yeah. look back on it as a, a great experience, uh, in every way whatsoever. Is it different? Uh, you know, we, we sit here on, in our ivory towers and say, ah, oh, it's Canada. Canada's the home of hockey. Canada does this. Our fans are more passionate. Is it different in your opinion? Um, I don't, I don't look at it as if it was different. Uh, you know, I didn't experience something really different other than you certainly get recognized more uh, by the fans because it's basically, you know, the game in town. You come to New York, you've got the Mets, the Yankees, the, you know, the Giants, the Jets, the, uh, you know, three hockey teams. So it's, it's in, the media uh, is centralized on hockey. Here it's centralized on, you know, a lot of different teams playing, you know, at the same time. So I think that's the biggest difference. But other than that, the media in Toronto, I had, you know, 
tremendous respect for and had to deal had to deal with it not had to but dealt with them all the years of in the playoffs and Stanley Cups in New Jersey they were all there mm -hmm. at that time and had relationships with them so I I had nothing there that was of any any problem so I didn't find it as different as maybe uh the the myth is uh, other than you know the fans are passionate everywhere they're great fans the fans here in the island are, are exceptional and when you win uh they're great I think the biggest thing uh in Toronto difference is that uh you know win or lose uh you know you have the passionate fans in that building each and every night and I think that's fantastic for the players fantastic for management to have that type of support for you it was different because it wasn't New Jersey uh did, did you think you might be in New Jersey uh forever I that was my intention uh and even when Toronto came about it was my intention prior to that it was never an intention to uh leave New Jersey or go anywhere it it became a challenge at that point uh and it also I said let's why not uh and things happen uh I didn't think I'd be here at the <laughs> island uh I thought I'd be on the beach with a cigar by now uh neither so. did every devil's fan think you'd be with the islanders i mean <laughs> that was the toughest pill to swallow for them so i i think you never say never uh but i you know i'm in a great organization here right now working with great ownership and great players and uh you know that's that's all you can ask and that was the same in toronto i've been blessed i've been very fortunate uh to be in this type of situation uh, that I have been in and uh, I look back and uh, I don't think I would change a thing well the the uh, the cigar on the beach uh, leads me to this uh, I'm not far from your age so I think or I hope uh, I can ask this how much does it bother you when others try to decide your retirement date <laughs> <laughs> well I I I guess the the best answer is I I could give to that. Uh, I guess they're trying to do their job. They'd like you to leave, or they think you should leave. I I I I don't know what they're thinking. <laughs> okay, um, uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tread into deeper waters beyond that uh, that beach. Then you're almost the same age as as President Biden. Um, you may or may not want to expand on that uh, comparison. I don't mean to talk politics, but you hear what is said about him all the time. And, um, you know, you could put your name next to his because of your your birth dates. Um, do you have any reaction when, um, you know, it's it's time to go is uh, is a constant theme where he's concerned? Well, first of all, uh, Dave, are you asking me that question? uh from your uh, end of it uh but where, where where i come from as far as age goes is uh, age is a number i've been around a lot of people who are 40 years old who are going on 80. i've been around a lot of people who are 80 going on 50. Uh, i look at players in the same way there are players that uh, are playing at 35 years old and i wish that I had some 20-year-old players playing at their level 
and their enthusiasm and their talent. So I guess the question I would do is reverse. Is, are you asking me that question from your end of it, or are you asking me that question from a different end? Because I am asking I it because... The, I don't understand the question. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if this helps you understand it, um, my next birthday, I'll be 79, and your next birthday, you'll be 81. So um, whatever you're hearing or not bothering to listen to um, has uh, happened to me as well. And so I guess I'm asking you whether you react the same way I do. I want to decide or wanted to decide uh, when it was time for me to go. And I'm guessing, uh, well, I know that you're the one that's going to decide for you. I, my, the question was, how much does it bother you when other people want to want to make that decision for you? And uh, David, doesn't doesn't, it doesn't bother me at all because they're not sitting in my seat and it shouldn't bother you at all. If you feel good at what you're doing and the people you're reporting to feel good about you and your health is good, then you should do it because I know a lot of people who help, whose health is good and they should continue to do what they're doing. And once they stop thinking retirement or something is better, it's the worst thing for their health and what they're doing. So my advice to you is what I feel, as long as I feel good, and the people that I have to report to feel that they want me here and I, I haven't, I'm not hurting my family, then why not? Well, John asked me to do this and I said, yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> by the way, my co-host is Lula Morello and the guest today is Dave Hodge. No, so, no, no, I, no, I, uh, <laughs> I hope that. John, did you expect any different? <laughs> no, I did not. Actually, I think this is, I, I, this is a, uh, we're, we're, we're having a better conversation because you, you are, and I say this with utmost uh, as a compliment, you, you have always given the answers you want to give rather than the answers we want to hear. And today we're getting both, which is great. <laughs> and I've always asked the questions I want to ask. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, you always have. So why would you change? Yeah, why, 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 why would I change now? That? All right. Well, uh, have I still got the mic, John? I'll ask another one. Yeah, here. go ahead. Is, Keep going. Is, uh, that's a little. Uh, uh, Lou, if you could live your life again in one place, in one place only, um, I, might you choose Providence College? I mean, were you, how happy were you there? Because I know you were so happy there. There's no question. Uh, in fact, uh, when you mentioned Providence College, you gave me the chills uh, yeah. because, uh, you know, that's a place that's very dear to me. Uh, I never thought I would leave there. Uh, you know, I was an athlete there, a student there, uh, a coach there, uh, an athletic director there, and, uh, you know, shared many memories. And I think when you're in that position, uh, in a university and you touch so many young lives uh, that and you watch them grow and go that there's a tremendous pleasure in that um, and actually uh, uh, my oldest grandchild uh, uh, Chris's daughter Mary is just became a freshman there this year so uh, wow. so you know the the, the roots are, are there uh, the foundation is there and uh, uh, I appreciate you asking that question because it's a, it's a dear place to me and will always be.
before we let you go, because uh, you're a busy man and you've been kind enough to give us some time on Zoom, um, you have had the opportunity to open two new buildings in your career as an NHL general manager and a president. Uh, not many guys get a chance to do that. What did you learn from the Prudential Center that UBS has? Um, or was there anything that jumps out that the two arenas had in common that you you would probably think that you learned in one place and made it better in the other? Well, I, I think that uh, going from one to the other was really unique because the this building had a, uh, an owner in Scott Malkin who's uh, business and certainly uh, is in, you know, fine. It's in, uh, I, I guess the best word to use is high end fashion industry. And he builds complexes. His first was, was in California, Rodeo Drive. He has them all over the world. And what he, he has in there is that he has once an experience in his uh, different uh, villages, as they're called, uh, of high fashion, that when people come in, everything is just in first class and does not hold back on the expenses uh, with reference to the detail, with reference to the quality in all areas. Uh, it, it was, it's just amazing what this building has done. And I haven't seen this done in any building in the National Hockey League on what he did here. Uh, that was the difference. Didn't stop on anything. Nothing was cut. The uh, refrigeration system to, for the ice, the A to Z, there wasn't one thing spared in this building, uh, including the exterior, which he tried to get it to be consistent with the Belmont racetrack so that uh, it didn't look out of place. And right now he is building a village right on the uh, complex uh, next to the Belmont. Uh, so it'll be one of his villages. Uh, uh, most of them are, are across, you know, Europe. Uh, so that was the biggest difference, John, as far as uh, what I saw in an area that wasn't my expertise. And what he brought to this building was just in, incredible. I uh, I have to get this in because our research department has been uh, working overtime and wants me to ask the question, if I phone the New York Islanders, will someone answer the phone or will I get a voicemail message? I am sure that if you call the New York Islanders, I would hope you would get a voice, a, a voice, live voice. Live voice. <laughs> Because our research department said in New Jersey, this was rule number one for uh, Lou Lamorello's office staff. Um, you hated voicemail messages uh, because you don't, hey, none of us want, uh, would like to get them when we're making the call. But it was a policy in New Jersey. I'm assuming it's a policy uh, with the Islanders. You're telling me uh, voicemail messages uh, drive you nuts. Uh, well, well, we do have voicemail messages. Uh, that's the world we live in today. But yes, they they drive me nuts. So uh, I, they, that that is something that uh, will always drive me nuts. Uh, I will leave you with this. Um, so during the pandemic, uh, as it got started, 
every once in a while, uh, FaceTime would pop up on my phone, and there would be Lou Lamorello sitting in a chair at probably at his uh, at, at the beach, just checking in, seeing how you were. Uh, it's something that uh, uh, kind of sparked me to start to do the same thing on a daily basis during those eight or nine months where we were in shutdown. So, Lou, I can tell you right now, the influences you have in Toronto, in New Jersey, and on Long Island are impacting to many of us. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate the time. Thank you, John. And always nice talking to you as well, Dave. Thank you. Uh, the same, Lou. Thanks. That's President General Manager of the New York Islanders, Lou Lamorello. We will talk about the Damian Lillard trade. Doug Smith of the Toronto Star joins us after this on the McCowan Podcast. Special thanks to Lou Lamorello for uh, making some time for us. Dave Hodge, John Shannon, joined now by Doug Smith of the Toronto Star. And the whole concept of having Doug on today uh, was to talk about all these stories and rumors about Damian Lillard coming to Toronto. And he ain't coming, Doug. No, he's not. And my life's a little bit easier, so I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, because let's face it, it's all about you. Exactly, <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, how serious were the were the Raptors about oh, were, getting Damian Lillard? They were right in it. They 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 were pressing. Not you know, obviously not hard enough because they didn't get it done. But they were certainly uh, deep in the mix. Um, and frankly, no one saw Milwaukee coming. Like that was absolutely a jaw dropper around the NBA. The the Bucks were not. You know, everybody heard about Toronto, Miami, obviously. Chicago had some interest, um, but the Bucks were not were an afterthought, and that was a jolt around the league when it came out uh, yesterday afternoon. Well, uh, the Raptors uh, might have been pressing. Uh, did, did you believe they were serious contenders to uh, to acquire Damian Lillard? Because around the league, as you say, it seemed everybody was talking about Miami because that's what he was talking about, and yes, Milwaukee. Uh, came out of nowhere, uh, and that became a bigger headline than probably any other headline could have been. But um, I, I know that from reporting uh, in and around Toronto that the Raptors were right there, but I didn't hear anybody else saying that. So did you believe that the Raptors were uh, about to acquire Damian Lillard? I didn't. I, I knew they were certainly uh, in the mix and pressing for it and trying to get it done. And I know on Monday, I guess, the news came out from Mark Spears at ESPN and Landscape, who is a very well-respected national uh, reporter, is very close ties with Damian Lillard through the time together in Oakland, and he had the Raptors as the front runners. Mm -hmm. And that was an independent, like a third person who's, I have the utmost respect for Mark, and I know he works really hard at the beat. And when, when he added his voice to it, it, it had some juice to me and it sort of got, it went with what I've been hearing around this area. Before we deal in what the Raptors do next, if they have to do anything, um, the, the amount of noise as Dave talked about it was fascinating because this is not an organization that, you know, puts that amount of rumors and innuendo out there. There's, there's not many leaks when it oh. comes to what Masai and Bobby do. Um, and when they do their jobs. So was this coming from Portland? Was this coming from Lillard's side? Where do you, where do you suspect it was coming? I think, I think the agencies were probably involved a lot. I think other teams had 
other teams talking to Portland had heard Toronto's name and they were putting it out there and letting it be known through their sources. You're right, John. The Raptors don't leak. That that's the bottom line. Bobby uh, Webster, Mazayu Jerry, and all their people. They don't talk. They don't talk to me. They don't talk to Mike Grange. They don't talk. They're quiet. And they have been historically. Like, you know, we didn't get a whiff of Kawhi Leonard. You go back to last year, and, you know, the draft night, everybody likes to woge and sham, like to get the draft pick minutes before the teams make it. They got the first 17 right, or first 12 right, and they didn't do Toronto because they couldn't get a, a grasp on it. The Raptors don't put stuff out there. And I guess when I started hearing it from other places that would have been involved on the periphery of it, it gave it some juice. But, you know, they, in, the, in the end, they didn't get it done. But I know they were certainly trying very hard to do it. So will there be uh, any whiff about uh, Drew Holiday and and the Raptors? I, I don't think so. I'm not sure. I think Lillard fit because he's one of the top 75 players of all time. And he's a very, very good three-point shooter on a team that doesn't have any. Holiday's a great defender, and he's a very, very good player, but he doesn't he doesn't fit the Raptors like Lillard would have. So I don't think Toronto will be in on Holiday, and I don't think they should be. I think they they need to retrench and and go with what they've got and see where that takes them. How much has this reset the Eastern Conference? Well, it certainly, in my opinion, makes the Bucks the favorites. I think uh, even ahead of Boston. I think going into it, Boston was sort of the benchmark, and there were a bunch of other teams. Milwaukee with this move has separated themselves. I think there were concerns with the Bucks about getting a little bit older with uh, Lopez and Middleton, and they're always hurt. And Holiday's a great player, but he doesn't have the offensive abilities of Damian Lillard. And putting Lillard with Giannis is just a – it makes them the favorites in the Eastern Conference to me right now. Maybe not the favorites in the NBA, but once you get to the finals, who knows? Well, you got – I had some – Go ahead. Go ahead, Dave. No, I'm I'm uh, speaking of the East. I mean, now, you know, Miami has to how do they get better? Boston, how do they get better? Because they know they have to because of what Milwaukee has done. Um, so how do the Raptors get better? Well, I I, I don't know that there's a trade out there for them to get better. If Buddy Heald from Indiana is available, he's a three point shooter off the bench. He, they might investigate that. The cost obviously wouldn't be as much as it would be would have been for Lillard. But I think they need to now figure out with a new coach, how they can maximize the talent they got. And whether that's enough to be a top four team or a top six team, that's very debatable. And But, you know, Dave, John, you guys know, you got to play the game. And who knows what's going to happen through an 82-game season. Um, I don't think – I think the Raptors don't have enough shooting. They got to try to find some. But if they can't, they got to make – with a new coach, they got to try to make this group work. And, again, we're not going to know until they start playing games. Well, it, it also has reset the focus on a, a few things that are on this roster, uh, like contracts for Ananobi and Siakam. Because yeah, you, when you when you didn't get Lillard, then you start looking deeper into the storyline and saying, oh, my goodness, a year from now, this this <laughs> roster could look totally different. Yeah, and Gary Trent Jr. is in the same thing, eligible for an extension. The three of them are key members of the team. I don't think anything's going to happen with Siakam because if he waits – he has a chance to get what's known as a supermax deal. Right. If he becomes an all NBA player at the end of in this season, he's eligible for a deal that's about, I think, $75 million more than he could sign today. And Anobi doesn't, I don't think, make sense to him to sign because the Raptors by the CBA are limited what they can offer him today and can offer him a lot more next June. 
So I don't think I don't think there's a huge urgency there. I think if they could get those guys under contract, they would. But I'm not sure if I'm if I'm those guys, I might want to wait and see where I can sort of max out my earnings because Siakam's 27, 29, 29 years old. You're coming up. This might be your last big deal. You might want to wait and maximize it at all, if at all possible. You called uh, Lillard one of the the 75 best of all time. Um, uh, have you seen one of those uh, 50 point games where you thought you were watching Steph Curry and <laughs> and not and not Damian Lillard? I mean, what's the best of him that you've seen? I don't, I don't think I, I don't think he had a he doesn't drop a 50 on the Raptors, but I think he had a 30 point half. And he just gets going, and he's 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 in the zone. He just can't miss a shot, and he takes them from, you know, the logo from midcourt, and they're just jump shots. They're not like forced heaves. He's certainly not, in my opinion, in Curry's class, but he has got to be one of the top two or three prolific three point shooters in the game. Mm-hmm. And in Milwaukee, with our old ex Raptor assistant Adrian Griffin coaching him, I think he's gonna have, he's gonna get free reign, and it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch him and Giannis work together. And it, it it emphasizes to Giannis that, yes, they do want to have a championship team and probably helps Giannis stay in Milwaukee a little longer, correct? Well, yeah, he's eligible for an extension. He wasn't going to sign it, he said, until he found out, you know, he's going to wait. I want to win all the time. And this certainly gives him a chance to win. It probably, it might turn the tables to get him to sign it up, sign it up more quickly, but you also might want to wait because there's other issues now in, in Milwaukee. You know, Middleton and Lopez, as I mentioned, are getting a little bit older. Bobby Portis is a little bit older. And in two years, I'm not sure what that team's going to look like. So maybe Giannis waits, but this year, they got a chance to win their second title in four seasons. No question about it. Do the, do the other three guys on the court ever touch the ball? <laughs> not an awful <laughs> lot. But if, they, if they might miss against the rebounds, but that, that's going to be about it. But they do get, you know, Middleton can space the floor a little bit. He's going to get some shots. Losing Grayson Allen's not that big a deal because he just was an opportunistic shooter. But it's a two-man team. It's a very, very good two-man team. And the other guys are going to get, they're going to get chances, but not nearly as many as they got last year. Let's put it that way. So not to beat a dead horse about the trade, because, you know, it's not going to change anything. But what weren't the Raptors prepared to give up? Do you know? Do you have any clue what they what they weren't going to give up in order to do it? Because it does, honestly, it doesn't look like Milwaukee gave it very much up in terms of draft picks and in terms of you know talent from, uh, off the roster. Yeah, well, one pick and two pick swaps and and uh, well, the, the Phoenix aspect of all of this too fits into what what was going on, right? Yeah, Portland needed to get out of. I think Portland wanted to get out from underneath Nurkic because they're not really. He doesn't really fit, and getting Phoenix involved to do Nurkic for uh, Aiton is, is was a significant part of the deal. I don't know if the Raptors – I know the Raptors weren't going to give up two of Ananobi, Siakam, and Barnes. They probably would give up one of them, but I don't know which one. I, I and if, Personally, I wouldn't want to keep Siakam and Ananobi, and maybe that wasn't satisfactory to, to Portland. Now, we don't know what Portland was thinking. We don't know what – how much the the Phoenix part of it component part of it was, uh, how big the deal that was for them. The money is the money, and the money's just you know it's, it's just that's the cost of doing business. So I don't think that's a huge factor. But I don't think the Raptors were going to go. They weren't going to go up two of those top three, no question about it. And maybe 
Phoenix or Portland wanted one that the Raptors didn't want to do. But I, I don't have any original reporting on that because again, the Raptors don't leak. They don't. They may right. whisper to me the next week in Vancouver training camp, but today, they're gone to ground. John and I have, uh, have been discussing this week uh, the uh, NHL training camps and exhibition season, and we're trying to find um, a good story to uh, to wrap ourselves around. Um, the NBA uh, lands one in your lap, and you don't have to look any further than a. No, exactly it's a, right. This is the biggest trade since what? Oh man! In trades, I, I can't even. Well, how about how about how about the one? Uh, um, well, again, it, it involved Phoenix because Chris Paul ended up anywhere but Phoenix. I mean, that was a pretty big trade earlier in the off season, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, it was. And Brad, Brad, part Bill of the story of part, yeah, part of the story of what is actually is what's going on in Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, Phoenix like Phoenix was really good, man. They're really good. I, I kind of like Nurkic. Um, he's a sort of I. They don't need a guy like Aiton. They needed a guy like, like a solid guy who's okay but not great because they got Beal, Durant, and Booker. They're they're really good. Um, I don't would Kawhi Leonard trade be in there? But certainly yeah, been I, a that's what I thought. The last four or five years, yeah, yeah, of a guy in his prime. The difference being Miller's got four years left on his deal, so he's there. They can build even if they can build around him with Giannis if Giannis stays. So that's the difference there. Um. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a big big deal, and I'm not sure the benefits to Portland are going to accrue for probably two or three years, but at that point they might be really good, and I mean that's certainly what they were looking for when they went shopping with Willard in the summer. It's, well, it, thank it, you for this, Doug. Yeah, appreciate yeah, thanks, the Doug. time. Great. No problem, kids. We'll uh, talk to you down next earth-shattering Raptor deal. And I, Man, I by will the, not. And by, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to say that I called Canada USA for World Cup bronze at 4 a.m. Oh. But I think I did. <laughs> You're right. You're there. just a glut, a glutton for punishment. That's all. And I was up to watch it like you guys were. There has been no shortage. <laughs> there has been no shortage of basketball stories in the off season. You're quite right. There's no, there is no offseason anymore, Dave. It's a 12 month of your job. You're busier than you thought you'd be. Exactly. By the way, by the way, I don't know about at your house, Doug, but I have a PVR. You know, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't gotta, need to get up at four in the morning anymore. I gotta write live, <laughs> but I gotta be, I gotta be the, I gotta be the grinder because that's what I've done. 30 years I've been doing it, so I, I gotta, I gotta stay true to myself. But it was fun. Well, it was a, but Dave, you're right. It's been a, it's been a crazy basketball summer and. The regular season would be like a, some like some time off, I hope. <laughs> oh, and your time in Vancouver, by the way, which which be, both Hodge nice and week. I Hodge and I are very jealous that you're going to have some fun times in one of the great cities in the world. I'm gonna have like four days in Burnaby, but I'm gonna have a weekend in Vancouver, so that'll be that'll be pretty cool. And the difference between hey, the difference between time in Burnaby and the time in Vancouver is like the time in Mississauga and the time in Toronto. So don't yeah, don't don't try to downplay it, okay, Mister? I know I try. I'm sorry. Well, I, if you're to, I know who I'm preaching to now. If you're talking about <laughs> the time in a car, John, I can't give you an exact time because it's it's longer every day. <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed, Doug Smith. Thank you very much. All right, guys. Talk to you down the road. Thanks. Thank you. Dave and I will be back after this on the McCallum podcast. So we've uh, looked after uh, hockey and basketball so far, David. We haven't talked about the Blue Jays again. 
when Garrett Cole goes to the mound, there's probably a good chance the Jays wouldn't win. They didn't win. Uh, but the numbers still seem to uh, make it feel like the Jays are going to be in the playoffs unless they get swept by Tampa and by uh, and lose the last game of the series against the Yankees. And that it's baseball. That's not going to happen, right? Look, they lo- they were shut out by by Garrett Cole, and uh, that's what everybody expected, and uh, probably what the Blue Jays expected. It looked like that's how they played the game. Let's get it over with because we're not going to score a run. Uh, but uh, their playoff chances improved later in the evening when that's Seattle right. lost. So that's the way things go. Uh, you're not necessarily watching what the Jays are doing until they get into the playoffs, if they get into the playoffs, and then who knows what, because the playoffs can be different. But right now, I mean, if Seattle's not going to win, then, you know, the Jays are going to qualify that way. And, um, you know, the Mariners' schedule's tough. Uh, They they finish with a Texas team that's trying to clinch a division title, and uh, Seattle hasn't done what Seattle wanted to do against against Houston, needed to do, and that is... uh, and that is uh, sweep the series. Uh, they didn't uh, come close to doing that. So yeah, they, at the end of the night, the Jays looked better than they did when the first pitch was thrown by Garrett Cole. That's, I think, the way you got to look at it. Well, uh, you, you may do that, but if I'm a Blue Jays fan, I'm still concerned not necessarily as much about the pitching as I am about the hitting. It seems to have reared its ugly head one more time. That they, you know, they. They get in these situations, the two games against the Yankees, they have not been good at the plate, have they? No, but they, you know, they'll they'll face the best pitcher that Tampa Bay or or Minnesota has. And uh, that's, you know, that's going to be a good pitcher. But Kevin Gosman will be on the mound for the, for the Blue Jays in all likelihood. And, uh, you know, the pitcher they face will not be as good as Garrett Cole. And the home run hitter that they're trying to, you know, strike out or get to ground out will not be as good as as Aaron Judge. So, it, you know, if I know it's hard for a Blue Jays fan to look at these last two games and a lot of other games uh, and, and have a positive outlook in terms of the playoffs. But you keep quoting a guy named John Gibbons who was was here with us and said exactly what I'm thinking and what you're thinking. And I think what a lot of people are thinking, the Jays got to get in. And then they have to say, we have strengths that other teams don't have. They have, you know, a deeper pitching staff than any team that they're going to play. And they're going to be a lot healthier than either Tampa Bay or Minnesota. So get in and see what happens. And maybe everything turns around based on those two advantages that the Jays have, or the Jays continue to look as feeble at the plate as they did the last couple nights. And they go out and, in two games and uh then you know who knows but the, the you know the team's probably blown up from here to there and um uh there will be uh there will be a postmortem that uh, will be fun to, to well shouldn't say fun interesting uh, to uh, deal with here that's dave hodge i'm john shannon back tomorrow for another edition of the mccowan podcast
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.